Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. When you hear someone talk about blood sugar, you might zone out. That's because a lot of us think that it's only relevant to people with type 2 diabetes. But blood sugar is a topic that everyone should understand. If you want to feel good and have energy, you need to balance your blood sugar. Research shows that even healthy people have wild swings in their blood sugar right after they eat, and spikes in blood sugar make your pancreas work harder. They also make you older, and they put you at a greater risk for weight gain, heart attack, and stroke. Here's why I'm talking about this. Bioptimizers has a new product called Blood Sugar Breakthrough. You take two capsules 15 minutes before a meal. Your body will push carbs and glucose into your muscles for use as fuel instead of fat. That means you get stable energy and you don't have that post-meal crash. Better yet, you can improve your workouts and get better gains at the gym. But the biggest benefit is that it'll improve your overall health. Just go to bloodsugarbreakthrough.health for an exclusive 10% off. For 25 years, I've had a strong passion for understanding the science behind why we age and what we can do about it. One of the most groundbreaking discoveries in the last two decades is senolytics. Senolytics are plant-derived or pharmaceutical ingredients that can help your body drop old, worn-out cells. Scientists call them senescent cells, and in my books, I call them zombie cells. As you age, those senescent cells build up in your body. They live for a long time, and they eat up your energy. There is a hack for this. It's called Qualia Senolytic. Your podcast sponsor, Neurohacker Collective, created Qualia Senolytic. It eliminates those zombie cells and has a clinical study that supports its effectiveness. I really felt a difference in how my body moved after just a couple months on Qualia Synolytic. It's upped my energy level even more, and my joints feel really good. If you're over 30 and you want to use a clinically tested formula to help you feel younger, try Qualia Synolytic. To get younger now, visit neurohacker.com Dave and try it risk-free for up to 100 days. Use code DAVE at checkout to get 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave. Use code DAVE. Hey, this is Dave Asprey with Bulletproof Radio. And today's cool fact of the day is that the flu virus can survive outside your body for about 48 hours normally, but on a piece of currency, it can last for up to 10 days. Today's guest is Dan Pena. Dan has been chairman of a lot of companies and a lot of industries, has raised billions of dollars in venture capital, and been a very successful business guy for multiple decades. He's also author of a book with a great title called the, Your First Hundred Million, which is almost sounds over the top. And you also, Dan, run the Quantum Leap Advantage podcast. Correct. And if I had to think of words to describe you, over the top might be the right word. <laughs> would you agree with that? Um, eccentric, uh, <laughs> over the top, uh, a little bit outrageous. Yeah, those all work. Those all work. What's something about you that not a lot of people know? Well, uh, since we're filming here in Pasadena, even though I tell people, but not too many people are listening, I'm from about 10, 12 miles from here in East L.A., from the barrio. And when we came from the airport 
driving here uh, a few nights ago, and uh, my uh, driver, who I use when I'm here in Los Angeles, said, are we going to go by the old place, boss? And I said, uh, and his name happens to be Dave. Dave, I said, no, uh, my kids aren't with me, so we're not going to make a spectacle. Because whenever I come with my children, and they know we turn left on the uh, Bakersfield freeway coming just past Chavez Ravine to go left, they know we're going to go by my old house. And of course, my kids are up to here. We're looking at my old house, where I was raised as an adolescent. Um, but not many people know that, and uh, kind of nostalgic being this close to my old house. That's, most people don't know that. The other thing that maybe perhaps most people don't realize, that I've been into, and we were just discussing it before we started filming, health and fitness for over 40 years. And they didn't call it biohacking then. They called it health, fitness, etc., cetera, uh, fitness science, etc. cetera. But uh, I got serious about my health uh, about 1974. And uh, in preparation for the first 50-mile uh, marathon that I ran uh, and uh, got more serious about it, the second 50-mile marathon that I ran. And I got even more serious about it when I ran my first 100, well, I only ran one 100-mile marathon. And, uh, and the first time I ran 1,000 miles in a month. So I've been into health seriously for a long, long time. So it's been enjoyable to spend time with the kids here. And I call all you kids because I'm old enough to be <laughs> your father, if not your grandfather. And, uh, but when these uh, kids talk about some of the things they've experienced, I said, yeah, um, I experienced that in 77. And they look at me like, 77? You know, it's almost like I said, 1877. So it's been enjoyable. And I've, uh, uh, I've, but one thing that is really remarkable to me, and I hadn't really given any thought, and I'll be 70 my next birthday, is that according to what I've listened to, I've been in the flow or in the zone almost all my life, does, literally. Does that explain your success? I hadn't, again, I hadn't thought of it that way, but, uh, and that's why I'm grateful to you for having this, because the things that I have taken for granted, you know, in the, in the late 60s, when I perform my first high performance act, I've always said I'm high on life. And for my age, that meant you were loaded. But <laughs> I wasn't, I skipped drugs. But now I realize I have been high on life. I didn't understand how high I really was until I've listened to some of your great speakers about being in the flow and uh, in the zone. And because uh, I've done some pretty remarkable things that looking back in hindsight, I just took them as a matter of fact, but as you well know, being a high-performance guy yourself for a number of years, when you're used to setting the bar high, it becomes second nature to you. It just does. You do extraordinary things. And for the few kids, uh, not few, uh, maybe 60 or 50 or 60 kids that I've talked to since I've been here, when I tell them about, because most of them are the age of my children, that are 32, 31 boys, and I have a 28-year-old daughter, I have set the bar for them very, very high. These kids say, it must be tough being your child. And of course, my kids have been telling me this all their lives. And I see your kids, if th those must be your kids running around. Yep. Yep, and uh, I think it's your son in there taking notes. He's wearing glasses, right? Oh, he, he, that's actually Joseph. He, he wrote an essay, he's 11, unsolicited, had the composer to write two pages asking to please come to the Bulletproof Conference. 
so I gave him a pass oh, along with his parents. Oh. Uh, my son was the five-year-old beating all the adults at the memory game. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> but, I mean, it's remarkable that then the kids will, you know, uh, I, I, I wish there was something like this when my kids were that, that small, uh, for them to, uh, you know, get in the habit. So I've been in the flow. I've been in the zone. Uh, I've accomplished a lot of things. But the most remarkable thing, the last 21 years since I've been a high-performance coach, and QLA, QL, uh, Quantum Leap Advantage, methodology I formulated when I, I started doing this in 1993 is that I've been able to create with guys and gals in the last 21 years over $50 billion in equity and value for them, not for me, for them. And I've gotten off on that more than my own claim to fame, which has taken 800 bucks and turned it into $450 million in eight years. Non-internet, bricks it's and mortar. It's even harder. I'm still looking for my first big internet hit. <laughs> and so, I, I, I mean, I really get off on that because the, the, the knowledge that I've gained through my mentors, I've been able to translate and, 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 and memorialize and pass on to you know, tens of thousands of kids. And so, so there's some things that you know, most people, uh, that unless they did some real research uh, on my websites uh, and or Wikipedia, which is only about 85% accurate, which some people say that's pretty accurate for Wikipedia. I'm, I'm, I'm not one to point any fingers of indignation, but the, uh, I think those are some things that are, are pretty remarkable that people may not know about me. So, so you've had these, these multiple successes, yet you, you spend a ton of time sharing this knowledge. And Stephen Kotler, the guy who wrote Rise of Superman in the, the main first keynote here at the Bulletproof Conference. Great, great, great deal. Great guy. I'm assuming you got some time to spend oh, with yeah. him. Yeah. Good. Uh, just a, a gem of a guy. And one of the things that helps you enter the flow state is giving back and serving others. So I imagine that some of the flow state that you've experienced over the last 20 years, you're helping these entrepreneurs make billions of dollars. And, and it, it's, Correct. It, it keeps you focused and sharp. And Correct. You don't strike me as a 70-year-old guy. Well, I'll be 70 my next birthday. And so. uh, the, uh, I don't feel 70. I don't believe I look 70. Uh, some people say I dress 70. But, uh, the, the, <laughs> but this, is, this, this is me. This is how I dress. I, 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 I'm not here to stand out amongst everybody else in their jeans and T-shirts. But this is how I dress. And um, some people would say that that's uh, kind of like a Neanderthal. Maybe it is. But all I know is it works. But I dressed like this when I was 30, and it's worked for 40 years, or 39 years, but I do give back. I give back about a third of my time pro bono, and the other two thirds I manage my own assets and or look for opportunities. But early in my career, when I was a young guy like you, uh, my pro bono was very minimal, but as I've gotten older, and uh, because I get so much enjoyment out of it, which I didn't think I'd do in candor. Uh, and my wife is still surprised that I get, I get off on it so much, uh, helping the kids, that um, uh, you know, it's, it's made my life very gratifying. But we travel a lot from here. Tomorrow we're, going, you know, we're on our way to Rome for three weeks in the Mediterranean, sailing around. And uh, then I'll be up to Castle uh, to meet uh, your friend uh, Brian Rose, who's hey. gonna come to the seminar. And uh, people have asked me, surprisingly enough, are you gonna treat him any differently? than everybody else. And I don't know what he's told anybody, but I told him, if you come, I'm gonna treat you like everybody else. So, so what, what do you do at your conferences? Okay, uh, we have 15 people roughly. Uh, they're eight days. 
the opening night is a, uh, a business dinner attire where we all sit and uh, get the, uh, like an icebreaker, so to speak. The next morning, it starts at 7 o'clock with breakfast, and you go eight days. It's basically from 7 in the morning till roughly 6.30 at night, the whole day. We break for an hour for lunch. We have two 15-minute breaks during the day. Uh, and uh, the last night is a graduation night where it's equivalent of black tights and kilts. Everybody wears kilts and tuxedo, uh, where we hand out awards and graduation uh, certificates, etc. Um, but we basically take them very much like the military. We tear them down the first two or three days to their, some people say their, their bones, some people say their souls, and then we build them up with the characteristics of the high performance people that I've been privileged to be around because I've been around a lot of people and there's 75% of the high performance people that I've been privileged to be around all do things about the same, 75%. The last 25% makes everybody different. Steve Jobs was different than Warren Buffett, that 25%. And notwithstanding, Steve never, and I happen have known Steve, God rest his soul, uh, he uh, you know, didn't go to college uh, or three weeks at Oregon State or Oregon, whatever school <laughs> he went to. Some guys went to Harvard. Some guys went to Wharton. You know, some guys have multiple degrees. Some guys have no degrees. Uh, and we, we go through the characteristics of what has made these people happy. It's not all about money, but if it's like I told uh, Brian uh, a few months ago, if your mother gets sick, and uh, your, your, your daughter wants to go to Wharton and pay the money. My daughter just graduated from Northwestern Graduate School nice. and want to pay the big money. Uh, it, takes, it takes money. If you want to uh, support various orphanages, as my wife and I do, that takes money, not Zen. Yep. And, and so that's what we teach them. Uh, but we've had people lose 100 pounds, 150 pounds. Some people say that QLA is better for losing weight, by the way. I know you lost 100 pounds, correct? Yep. I lost 70. Congratulations. Okay. And uh, the, um, I used to be a big weightlifter. And when I turned 60, nine years ago, I tore both rotator cuffs, both sides. I tore my long head bicep. I have an artificial shoulder, titanium shoulder. I have a steel hip. My body started to, uh, because I was lifting too heavy. Yeah. Uh, now, in hindsight, it seems very clear to me. At the time, I said, no, I can still push myself. Well, anyway, that's a whole other story. Uh, that's my uh, type A personality. But I uh, decided to stop lifting heavy weights, go back to medium weights or light weights, and I lost about 25 pounds of fat and about 50 pounds of muscle. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I was like this. Wow. I was a big guy, 280. I weigh it, now 210. Even at 60, you were 280. I was 280. So. And, um, when I used to walk through the airport, people used to think that I was um, a sumo wrestler. I mean, uh, the, uh, but uh, yeah, I was a big guy. I was a big guy. And that only on a six foot one frame. Uh, if I was as tall as you, I probably could have carried 280 a little better. And so I decided to get more healthy. And so the last seven or eight years, uh, and I've kept the 70 pounds off. And uh, just as you've kept your weight off. And, the, uh, and I've been a proponent of healthy living and because the high performance executives that I know are in good shape. There's the odd, with the greatest respect, Mr. Buffett's not such in great shape, okay, yeah. okay. His partner, Charlie Munger, who's 90 something, is not in such good shape. But those, guy, and those guys aside, most of the high performance guys that I know are in pretty good damn shape, they are. It, 
Is that just a part of being high performance, is taking care of your hardware? Yes, I believe so. We didn't call it that. Yeah. Okay. Your generation calls it that. We all die trying to live longer. <laughs> and uh, I didn't understand that until about eight or nine years ago. And that's why I admire these kids. They're getting started early. I mean, they have no idea what a benefit this is going to be for them 20, 30 years from now. Now, when I talk to some of the kids about 20, 30 years from now, their eyes roll back in their head, 20, 30, you know, we're worried about next month, 20, 30 yeah. years from now. But, uh, you know, Dave's stuff, you know, works, you know, and not just because he lost 100 pounds and is healthy, but all these people in the audience wouldn't be here if it didn't work. Yeah, they've all done a lot of it in order to just take three days out of their life to be here. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the thing that, that actually touches me the most is, is, you know, Joseph, that 11-year-old kid who, in his essay, I, I wear my blue blocker glasses at night when I'm doing my homework. <laughs> I, That's great. I'm eating healthy stuff. I, I pay more attention in class. If you get this right when you're 11 or when you're 20, I, I mean, I... I didn't get any of this really till I was, you know, my mid-20s I started realizing there's some serious problems here, but I didn't get the stuff dialed in really till I was about 30, and I'm 41 now. And the amount of damage that, that I incurred and just the amount of stress and pain and the screw in my knee after three surgeries, all that stuff was unnecessary. And so I, the money and time that went into just reversing the crap instead of just not having it in the first place. So the younger someone started, it, it's such a gift when they do it. And the trick for me, and one of the things I work on on Bulletproof is how do you show people who aren't sick and aren't old the value of being young and healthy? The benefits. Because you don't value them until you lose them, Yeah. right? The, uh, I've had my knees operated on three times. I've had my elbows operated on three times. Uh, I've, I've had, you know, I've got, I already told you about some of the artificial parts that I have. But if I had been smarter in my 20s and 30s yeah. and even 40s, I wouldn't have had because most of these, all these operations had happened to me in my 50s and 60s. And uh, I just, you know, I, I wore out the parts when they didn't have to be worn out. So I, I hadn't thought about this until I was reading some stuff on you that were about uh, the, the money that you, you called biohack. Okay? Yeah. Well, I've spent over a million bucks on me. Good for you. Yeah, and uh, I went back and I ca- did some calculations. <laughs> I didn't tell my wife. <laughs> the, uh, but I had no idea um, because I was going to... Uh, Lock Clinic, Prairie in Switzerland, and Johns Hopkins, and Scripps in San Diego, and those kind of places since the middle 70s, uh, because I was interested in, uh, you know, keeping myself as healthy. And I must admit, when I, that period of six or eight years that I lifted big heavy weights, I lost focus about, you know, the uh, staying lean. And because I thought, I was trying to get up to 300 pounds. I couldn't make it. 280 and three quarters pounds is the heaviest I could get. And when I tell people that, they look at me like, you lost your mind. <laughs> Have you lost your mind, Dan? And, uh, but I, it was a good thing at, the right time. at that time. I thought it was a great idea. It's like I was listening to the um, Zen uh, uh, guy uh, this afternoon. Dave Kelstein? Yeah. No, no, the guy this morning. This morning. Meditation. Guy. Oh, oh uh, Pedram. Oh, yeah. Okay. Pedram Sholje from okay. World.org, or the, the Taoist monk. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I've never meditated. And, but when we got up and he says, bend your knees like this, tuck your butt in, mm-hmm. okay? Now, and I talked to a number of people. I've done this before. 
I could see through my third eye. Okay. Just naturally, you can naturally. Do that. Okay. I could feel like he was talking about. Yeah. The people next to me couldn't feel anything. Okay. And then when it was over, I was still standing like that. And uh, the young colleague that I'm here with, Chris, and they said, "Is he all right?" Me. Am I all right? But I could feel it, and I have, you know, that ability. And whereas I praise the people that do meditate, but I haven't had to do that. Because I have the ability, I can get within myself in about 60 seconds. I've never had any trouble sleeping. And I'm ashamed to say, when I was your age, mm -hmm. I used to tell people, I give stress. I don't get stress. <laughs> I give heart attacks. I don't, and, uh, and, they, and it, it, it's, you say a lot of dumb things when you're young kids. Just, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a classic example of that. And now I realize, because I'm, I, I fall asleep in between, 90 and 180 seconds every night, no matter if the ceiling has just caved in on me. You got me beat. It takes me three minutes every night. But, okay. But up to three minutes. But all right, you're the first guy I know who can do it faster. That, that's amazing. And, yeah. I don't, and I don't worry. And, uh, and I know I can just imagine having done conferences like this. It, it rained this morning. I felt for you. I felt, I said, oh, why did it have to rain on Dave's parade this morning? And I said, <laughs> because I've been there. I've shown up in auditoriums as big as that with two people in the audience. You know, they all showed up. We had Well, no, that's great. People. That's great. I'm glad the sun came out. Yeah. If it was still, you know, heaving down rain, you know, I'm sure you would have lost some people. I, I was doing some biohacking last night to end the drought. So I, I was... Oh. <laughs> great. That's great. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. But it, it's interesting. So you've always had a natural sort of spiritual or connectedness to your body, so, some intuition or some senses Correct. that maybe most people don't know that they have or just don't have. Correct. I have a, I have a, uh, I don't do the model anymore because it was too hard on people, but I used to give my seminars for free in the 90s. I used to fill up uh, the Biltmore Hotel in Los Angeles. I used to give them at the uh, LAX. I used to get free PBS advertising and I'd put 800, 1,000 people for free. I used to give the seminars. And we tracked the results. The results were okay by industry standards, but were mediocre. Because if the people didn't pay, have a pay price yeah. to, to action, it, nobody followed up. It, it's true. I, I've known many people who retired after very successful careers, and they volunteer for free, and no one will listen to them. They charge $100 an hour, and they're experts, and everyone listen. There, there's something about an exchange there, and some of the most impressive spiritual teachers I know charge. And they yeah. do it for that reason, even if they don't need the money, because when you make a decision to overcome even a small hurdle, a $20 hurdle or a $20,000 hurdle, it makes you commit. And if you're not committed to a change process, correct, you don't do it. I agree 100%. Uh, what gets measured gets accomplished. And uh, the message for the few people that I've talked to one-on-one -on -one or in little groups is that uh, we all fear, fall, fear is false expectations appearing real, and we all fear accountability no matter what we say. We all fear accountability, and it's the differentiation between the super high performance individual uh, and everybody else. My most successful corporate mentee is uh, Klaus Kleinfeld. He's currently the CEO and chairman of uh, Alcoa. He was the uh, CEO of Siemens, AG, the, the 20th largest company in the world. In, in the late 90s, he came to me as a middle manager. He was uh, 39 years old, and he said, I'd like to be on the corporate executive board of Siemens, which they, they, they run it by corporate executive board, then a supervisory board. And I said to him, I said, Dr. Kleinfeld, 
I think we're going to make sure that your goal is now to be CEO. Six years later, he, when he was appointed CEO of Siemens, I was the first person he called. And uh, the, uh, because most of us, because we were afraid of failure, set our benchmarks low, yeah. our expectations low. When you lost, I don't know if you were trying to lose 100 pounds. I was, okay. desperately, yeah. Okay, well you committed. And one of the mm -hmm. guys that, uh, that I, I, I read his book just because I skimmed his book fast, quickly, the Spartan Up guy. Yeah. And he said, you commit yourself. Mm -hmm. You commit yourself. I committed myself to 70 pounds. Now, I should have committed myself to 80 pounds, but I didn't. I committed myself to only yeah. 70 pounds because I figured out that 210, which was my high school football weight, was the, the weight that I should weigh. Mm -hmm. um, but when you commit yourself, and, and you've done a, a great job, and I'm sure that uh, the next conference will even be better. And congratulations on your uh, and good good fortune to you on your restaurant that you just opened up. Thank you. And I look forward to eating there when it does open next time I'm back in Los Angeles. But I'm sure it'll be a success. But you opened it up in the right area, Santa Monica. Believe me, yeah. believe me. I mean, the West Side is um, if anybody's going to eat bulletproof. That's the place. <laughs> it's amazing. I, my goal with the restaurant is to just show people how good they can feel because that becomes their new bar. And then yep. they'll make that commitment to doing other things that make them feel good most of the time. Because my experience is that a lot of people, a lot of the time, feel crappy and they've come, become used to it, but they don't know it. So if we can shock them out of it a little bit, then they'll feel good. But my, my goal is, you know, 100 million people helped. I don't mean they have to go to my restaurant. That's going to require a lot of restaurants. But I mean that, that they'll get the knowledge and they'll do things that reduce their incidence of disease. But more importantly, it will turn their brain on all the way so they can do whatever the heck they want to do. You talked about something kind of interesting. At your seminars, you, you tear people down and build them back up. And Correct. All of the good personal growth things I've taken that I've done, the most impactful ones, take at least seven days, oftentimes 10 days. And the first three days are basically about breaking through defenses so you can actually see what's going on and then do the work. What do you do to tear people down? Okay. Um, we have two bank accounts in life. We have an emotional bank account and a financial bank account. Most people worry about the financial bank account, but it's the emotional bank account, getting out of your comfort zone, etc., that really dictates what your financial bank account is. We, um, we, we tear down the, the uh, social, uh, conventional wisdom uh, and, I believe, political correctness is almost always wrong. Uh, and uh, even though our parents loved us, at least my parents and most of the parents I know, yours might be different, were in no position to train a high-performance kid to be a high-performance, okay? Yeah. Unless your parents were both Olympians, it's not likely that you're going to be an Olympian, okay? And I love this story about the doctor who, when he was 10 years old, uh, who was the Olympic, uh, he went to the Olympics in 1972. So we tear through a lot of those, as many of those barriers. Before you come to the seminar, you fill out a very lengthy questionnaire, detailed questionnaire, so really I know more about your life and your business, for your business for sure, than you do. And I ask questions, hard questions, that you haven't really thought about or you've put back someplace you don't want to think about. So when the seminar starts, and I, I go through this in copious information, and so I restructure the last 20 or 25% of the 1,500 PowerPoint slides that we go through to the individual audience. So I know Dave's got this issue. I know she's got this issue. And when husband and wife teams come, you have no idea. <laughs> I talk to them separately, and the wife, the husband says, she loves coming to work with me every day. She loves doing our books. She loves this. I talked to her, she says, I hate it. 
I'm going to blow my brains out. He doesn't know. I said, well, why don't you tell him? He said, I can't. I can't. I can't. You, you understand. So we go through those issues. And um, normally, I'm, uh, we teach them how to realign their goals to bodacious goals. You know, when uh, I'm not a, a proponent of Mr. Obama's politics, but one thing I do agree with, he set bodacious goal to be the first black president. Those are the kind of, you know, 10x. We want 10 times whatever you were thinking. When I took $800 and turned it into $450 million, the goal, I fell $1.5 billion short. The goal was <laughs> $2 billion. But nobody's feeling sorry for me, okay? Yeah. And so we tear those down, and we don't want realistic goals. We want them to be very unrealistic. And then the real key to the program, and the reason why we've had so much darn success, is I coach them for free, mentor them for a year afterwards for free, for free. You know, they pay for the seminar, they show the commitment, and even though uh, I don't think 10,000 pounds is so expensive, most people do, okay, for a week. Although you're uh, 40 years a Zen guy, yep. similar price yeah. point, okay? Mm -hmm. But to go to that thing, you, you're committed, Yeah. okay? And, and so, but the, now for the next year, uh, I mentor them for, for nothing. We have weekly reports. And uh, since the mentor program is for free, if you don't say, you don't do what you said you were gonna do, I throw you out, okay? <laughs> so every week, after three or four weeks, I look at your report and I said, Dave, you said this, you said this, you said this, but you only did two, not one, three, and five. I'll give you a couple opportunities. We've all got excuses, okay? But if you continue that pattern, well then it's just one less person I have to deal with. And we have monthly, uh, conference calls, either on Zoom, Zoom calls, so everybody can see everybody's face on the call. So when Dave is making excuses, you can see, read it in the faces, and then the other kids will jump in and say, hey Dave, last month you said so-and-so. That's <laughs> bullshit, Dave. And it works very well. And by the end of the 12 months, I mean, these guys are really, you know, emotionally Navy SEALs, okay? We're not making them physically Navy SEALs, mm -hmm. but emotionally they're Navy SEALs. And as I said, two bank accounts, emotional bank account, financial bank account, and they're, and they're, and they're tough kids. Another one of my favorite stories is I had a kid um, who came to me flinging pizzas. Wow. 26 years old, and I'm saying it to Beverly Wilshire, and he comes up and a friend of mine said, can you meet this, this pizza kid? Okay. He came in, he said, I want to be Steven Spielberg. Okay, I'd like all his Academy Awards, but okay. <laughs> and so anyway, I told him, be a limo driver. You'll meet actors, da-da-da-da-da-da. Last November, his premiere show movie that he produced and directed was just filmed, aired in New York City six years later. From pizza boy to limo driver to movie maker. Wow. I, I got a question for you. When I was 16, I read Napoleon Hill, big Napoleon Hill fan, wrote down what I wanted to do. And I said, I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 23. I made $6 million when I was 26. Uh, and I lost it when I was 28. That's unfortunately <laughs> pretty normal, huh? unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> What's up with that? <laughs> it is because, uh, well, a couple things. Number one, you had already fulfilled your expectation. Okay, so you might have let down. In fact, yeah. I'm positive you let down. Yeah. Okay, you let down. Uh, you lose focus. Okay, yep. a kid with that much money. Yep. Okay, and um, 
I don't know you well enough, but you could have engaged in self-sabotaging activities. Most definitely. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I didn't really deserve it. I didn't pay my dues. I, yeah, that's some of that too. Okay. Yeah. I tell the kids, when the, the people tell you when you're young, you've got plenty of time, that's baloney. That's BS. You don't have plenty of time. Pretty soon you wake up and you'll be 41. Yeah. Okay. And, and pretty soon you wake up and you'll be 69 like I am. But that happens all the time. We have, uh, you know, we've created, uh, we've got uh, half a dozen guys that have created billions. We've got a couple that have lost billions. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not proud of it, but I personally, I'm probably the only high-performance coach around that has personally lost three or four hundred million myself. Okay. Fortunately, I mean more than that, but it's, uh, we all, we, not all, I can't speak for everybody. You get full of yourself and oh, you yeah. have a lot of people and with the greatest respect, you have a lot of people telling you how smart you are here. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's all the speakers who are smart. I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm no, a, you brought them together. I, I'm a collector of ideas, and, and I test some yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, but but, I, but, <laughs> but if people are, you know, it's like when uh, Caesar was coming through uh, uh, the Colosseum, and his driver is yelling, at, uh, "Caesar, Caesar, glory is fleeting." Okay, we don't have people that we don't have people that get ground us. We don't have people, and I went through this, you know. Yeah. Uh, in the last 20 years, I haven't gone through it. But in the first 20, 25 years that I was very successful, I mean, just imagine if in my 30s, you know, I turned $60,000 into $100 million in, 60, in 90 days. Okay? Wow. Uh, you know, I did a bunch of really magical things. I didn't think they were magical at the time because I was in the flow. Yeah. I was in the zone. Yeah. And I was the first person to pay myself a bunch of money as a CEO of a public company in the London Stock Exchange. And guys like Murdoch and all these guys are calling me and say, thanks, Dan, you broke the ceiling. Now we, we can pay ourselves whatever we want. And when you hang, you know, you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. The kids that I talked to today didn't like hearing that. You're the average of the five people you hang around with most. They didn't yeah. like hearing that either. Because most, of, they're not hanging around with you. That's why it's tough for you to get, to get some free time because they want to, they realize, you know, uh, on a subconscious level that, God, if I spent more time with Dave, I'm going to be like Dave. They're right. Yep. But you've got to, you can't spread yourself four, five, six hundred people. You can't do that. Haven't figured out how yet. Well, I, when you do, let me know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So th that's, that's what we do. Okay. And we've got a... It's the mentor program that's the, um, that's, that's the key because I had three great mentors. One was Konstantin Gratzos, the CEO of Onassis Shipping Lines, who is the 60-year friend of Aristotle Onassis. I had um, Jim Newman, who uh, wrote Release Your Brakes, and I had a guy named Jerry Ormond, who was an uh, oil guy. And those three guys uh, from my uh, early 30s until they passed away were the guys that you know, uh, structured my uh, lateral thinking because when you stay focused, I mean, you can get a lot accomplished. A lot of the other parts of your life fall to crap, but if you stay focused, and I, every, I got asked at least 25 times since I've been here, is there a, such a thing as a balanced life? And, I'm, and, I, and I now use a quote by Jack Welsh, a guy that I know, former CEO of General Electric, arguably the greatest CEO in the last 50 years, he says, there's life choices, and they all have consequences. So you, you, you play with that the way you want. There's mm -hmm. life choices, and they all have consequences. We didn't get to do this podcast because you wanted to be a father the other night, and I took my hand off to you, remember? 
okay? I wasn't that good a father, okay? And if my three kids were sitting right there, they'd say, mm -hmm. that's right, Dad, okay? But I admired that, okay? And we're here now, and now I'm glad it turned out, as my yeah. mother would say, dearly departed. You know, everything works out for the best. Yeah. So I wound up coming here. Thank you. Okay, and so it worked out. But the consequence was, I, had a, I have a studio. My film crew was sitting there, and I said, oh. we're not doing it, we're not shooting tonight. But as it turned out, we did another. We did, and I apologize it's for no, that. No, no, no problem. I only bring it up because yeah. life has choices and there's consequences. Yeah, and uh, I, when my kids made the commitment to fly down, which is a big one when you're five and seven, I, there was only a little window for them, and, and you know, uh, my responsibilities as a dad are more important than sure. even a, a fantastic interview like no, this. No, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. There's a question that I've asked every guest who's been on the show, and I'm really curious what your answers are going to be, because okay. I, I doubt that they'll be ones I've heard before. <laughs> The question is, given all of your accomplishments, all the things you've learned about life, including your flow state, but whatever it comes to you, the three most important pieces of advice you'd have for people who want to perform better at whatever they do. It doesn't have to be in business or in sports, just perform better as human beings. It's only one. Just fucking do it. Don't analyze, don't spreadsheet. In the old days, they used to say, Lotus one, two, three. Do the kids still remember when <laughs> yeah, that means? Yeah, I, I do. But <laughs> okay, just do it. And if there was a sub one, a second one, is focus on the few. Another question that I'm often asked, what's the best advice that you never took that you should have? Okay, and it's focus on the few, not the many. And Costa Grazos told me that when I was, you know, a long, long time ago. Again, God rest his soul. And I, I thought that he's wrong. I can do 15, 20 things at, at a time. He was wrong. He was right and I was wrong. So just do it. Don't analyze. Follow your heart and uh, uh, focus on the few, not the many. And, uh, and, and you'll be successful. The money will follow. If you're doing something that you're passionate about and you love, I mean, uh, the money will follow. And the accolades and the success and the, and the, uh, the emotional fulfillment will follow. There's a lot of kids that are not just kids, but I mean, a lot of people at the seminar are, are doing, you know, they've got six businesses, 10 businesses, 20 businesses. And, and I, I, the long term of me being in, in business almost 50 years tells me that the chances of there being a high performance across those, the, that uh, spectrum is pretty slim. So focus on the few, the few businesses, few opportunities, yeah, few people. Yeah, the few, the few. And it's very important, as Oprah Winfrey says, who you bring on your bus, okay? And you want people to be on your bus that, that it doesn't matter how many times you pivot the business idea, that they're gonna be, play an integral part to your future. And, uh, but the, the key is for very, everybody that's watch, gonna watch this and the people that I've talked to at the seminar, find a mentor, you know? Now, you, you're not going to be mentored to 600 people. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, although I'm sure you could line them up here. But, sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, find a mentor that's where you want to be someday. He or she is, personifies what you want to be, whether it's in health, science, whatever the idea is. And you'll have a, a great career. And, uh, you know, we'll read about you. Dan, thanks a lot for being on the show. It's my you, pleasure. Can you tell people where to find out more about your learning academy, quantum learning academy? DanPena.com or AskThe50BillionDollarMan.com. <laughs> I love that URL. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when you turn it on, it's got the Rocky theme, 
which I actually pay residuals for. I'm one of the few guys on the internet actually <laughs> pays residuals. If you have questions, you can email me or the site, or you can actually phone in. We have a toll-free number. And we're giving away a free council seminar to the best question after this seminar in October. So you could actually win a council seminar. And uh, we, we've got some great questions, and, but we're going to do that. This is the first time we've tried it, and we've, been, uh, we've got a lot, a lot of smart people out there. And uh, remember, kids, show me your friends, and I show you your future. A human upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.